It is Ryan here, and I have a question for you. What do you do when you win? Like, are you a fist pumper? A woohooer, a hand clapper, a high fiver. I kind of like the high five, but if you want to hone in on those winning moves, check out Chumba Casino. At chumbacasino.com, choose from hundreds of social casino style games for your chance to redeem serious cash prizes. There are new game releases weekly, plus free daily bonuses. So don't wait. Start having the most fun ever at chumbacasino.com. No purchase necessary. DTW, void, we're prohibited by law. See terms and conditions 18 plus. You're listening to the Law of Attraction Radio Network. We have begun a new calendar and another 25,000-year cycle as we journey into a new realm of reality through the windows in your mind. We now begin with the knowledge of humanity and its divine origins from intergalactic conversations from the past and present. Let us look through a window into the ever-evolving consciousness and explore new possibilities with our place in the cosmos and the quantum world. Grandmother Parisha of Cherokee Heritage reveals the wisdom of the ancient past that will lead us into a peaceful future. Experience the love and peace through the exceptional wisdom of Grandmother Parisha as she shares science and ancient knowledge merged together to benefit all of humanity. Greetings. This is your host, Parisha of Windows in Your Mind. Coming to you on internet radio networks that make it possible to connect globally with just a click of our technical tools and toys. What a miraculous time it is to be in the earth and how very much the world is always right here at our fingertips and right there in our living rooms. And that makes our world a much smaller place as we begin to evolve into a connected and an interconnection awareness of consciousness. So today... Some of the journey that we're going to do will actually be dealing with some of that as well as some practical stuff on how to work space and what we mean by actually working the energy in our field. Meanwhile, we want to give a lot of attention to the different communications that are picked up through Facebook and through the fan page. And if you want to get your message out, your question in, or even noted, okay, please go to the home page of LOA's radio networks and actually sign on there as well as send your communications forward. We love the building of those fan pages and it lets us know that you're supporting what we're doing or even if you have some critiquing that you want to help us be better at what it is you're asking us to do. We're, we're more than happy to do that and we never see that as a negative. As well as just coming onto the Facebook and coming on my parish of Facebook so that we can actually work back and forth and I can show you some things and definitely I'm looking for your input on helping me see the bigger picture of everything that's going on. So with that said and done, let's move to looking at what today's uh, major agenda topic is. Many of you are very curious to what, you know, when I constantly reference energy and the field and so forth and on. Well, energy is things that you can study, and energy is definitely represented to a most of its fullest definition through quantum physics. And, and I, I have to say through some biology and chemistry as well. And there are many, many books and authors out there that are definitely putting that wonderful uh, wisdom forward for us. So I'm not going to particularly recommend anybody's, but there are a lot out there. Just look it up. And I'm sure that on Amazon or something, you'll be able to find where that's at. When I reference the field, it is a scientific or technical way of saying the particular energy around you. One of the spiritual ways or the metaphysical way of saying that too is your aura. The particular egg or the circle of energy that's actually, you know, charges your body and actually... Let your body be the vehicle of your purpose as well as carrying out being the database of exchange between you and your observer. So the body is an instrument and an altar. And I've said this many times as well. The body in my home language, Cherokee home language, is the same as what we would call an altar, a place of worship, a place of connecting. So we see the macro and the micro come together at this point of light and in that point of light there is an altar and it is the interaction of the two 
okay? And for us, that represents the body. So when we work with the body, we know that we're working with the instrument. And in learning to handle the exchange of energy or even the exchange of the communications between the observer, which some people also see as the soul or the spirit, okay, and the, the body altar. There is definitely a constant communication going on with that, okay? And in doing that, we, we are connecting with what the, you know, at least the observer of the soul is looking for or what the body's purpose is in the earth is to actually collect and, and give that data, okay? And when we get so corroded with disbelief or negativity or rejection and the many things that actually override that, that particular connection, we begin to feel the futility of that as well as just a, the depression that comes with that, the shallowness it's felt, the loss of, of interest and purpose, the value decreases. So it's very important to know that there is this exchange that you can do to help that. And one of the things that is common to uh, my people is to actually, we talk to the body. The body is like a child, okay? We call uh, the word interpretation of mind or the brain is mind child so that you're always in the particular position of knowing there is a learning a teaching a nurturing okay and allowing that's going on okay and in that you're it's you the observer speaking to the body communicating to the body and in most particular ways of where people have been uh, definitely persuaded by religions or whatever that God's out there and up there, okay? There is always the trying to pull it down or pull it to you or communicating and looking at it over you. And the connection is heart connection, and it's right there alongside of you and with you. And learning how to actually communicate with that is one of the tools of enlightenment that definitely puts you in a different place in reality and outcome to anything that you're doing. So basically, that's what I'm talking about when I'm talking about the field, okay? And in that, that's where you'll begin to work with a lot of the things that I work with and share with you. And uh, then that makes for a happy ending for both of us. I feel you got the message, and that's basically my purpose of doing any of this, is to give whatever I have to enhance where you're going and along the way, make it easier for you if possible. So we're going to talk about actually living and, and working and the space of which that happens in. And so, so one of the first things that I want you to do is understand that when you are looking for particular results, then you'll want to actually get in touch with the space that you do that in, okay? So then actually going around, like when I enter my office or I enter into my workspace, whether it be my home office or the business office or even when I'm in a hotel or traveling or whatever, to go around and acquaint myself to everything that's there, to touch the desk and to actually realize what the desk is made, you know, what's, what's on the desk. Is there one of those particular uh, covers where we use as a desk cover? It, does it have the phone on it? You know, what makes up the desk? And to get in touch with that, look at that, and let that become a part of my present time connection. And then to realize that more than likely the chair will be in the next situation, the bed, and to go touch the bed, you know, maybe even move the pillows or something, but get in touch with all of that and make the bathroom facilities, the sinks and everything. To actually do the locational of that, to get myself in perspective and present with where I'm at right now. And if I'm going to use my tools and stuff, my computer and whatever the things are that I need, then as I'm putting them out, I'm also getting in present time with them. Here's my computer and here's, you know, this is the, the particular task I'm going to do and so forth and on. So I'm putting myself into present time in the time loop, okay? And that helps you stay very grounded. It helps you stay focused and it, it, it helps... To not have the stress load of being in opposites or friction with that. Because if you're traveling, you're moving around, or even if you've had to detach from your workspace and go someplace and come back, 
you're still carrying whatever energy interaction you had from that other. So to have that sense of satisfaction and completion, simply bring yourself into present time, where you're at and why you're here and what you're going to be doing while you're here. And those things all bring about a better outcome and help you. So when I'm talking about the field and the workplace, that would be wherever you do whatever you do. Some people craft, some people do healing, some people do management. I mean, whatever that is, we're going to call that the workplace. Okay, And from there, you're going to be working in that workplace in order to accomplish whatever service you put forth and whatever production you expect from that. Also in the, in the workplace, there are particulars that we can do for the outcome. One of the things I do is actually teach people to work with what I call a manifestation wheel and the seven pillars. And actually to have a process of how you first set it into the visionary process and then you follow it through the physical world process. So you go to the left and the right of the wheel so when you're in the right side of the wheel going toward the left, then you're actually in the physical manifestation place of that. And it's 100%. Once you get the notion and understand what you're doing, whatever you put in that comes about. And the students are actually always in amazement that it simply come about. No, it came about because it was organized, because it was actually set up within the principles of manifestation. And see, that's where many people get their disappointments is that they're, they're not staying within the flow of that. There is nothing that we could possibly want or something that we need to manifest that isn't already there for us, okay? In the dross of mind, okay, and, and the interaction with trying to even deal with what is, what is the illusionary uh, realization that everything is an illusion and there's really, you're in the field of nothing, until you declare what that is and what you believe that to be. So trying to deal with all of those extended circumstances, okay, what you're doing then into the space of time that you're working on, whatever you are, is trying to just be within the principles of manifestation. And those are easy. They are, they are there. Okay, they are a must. I find people who think that they can shortcut it. I even know trainers that actually teach the students to shortcut. And when I've done my own investigation of that and my survey of that, you have maybe a 40% rate of people who do accomplish something with that, but the rest of them already have a diversion or hardship with it. Not to say that I have not had students who have not gone completely 100% with the manifestation process that don't have results. And again, it, you can't take shortcuts with it. It's simply a process of, you know, this comes before this and this comes and this comes and this comes. And it's a flow then. And then the flow becomes very easily unfolding and wow, manifestation, you know. So it's really up to us to not try to get into thinking it needs to be done better. And a principle is a principle. The sun is a principle. It comes up in the east and it goes to the west and then that's the day, okay? So the principles are, the, this is the way the universal energy and flow and grid function. And when we're in those functions and in harmonics, meaning cooperating and follow them, oh, life is very, very wonderful and gifting and everything that we need is there. Some, you know, some have the belief of not being worthy and some people are working through childhood traumas of maybe being told they're not worthy or whatever. Well, that's something you can still do in your many processes, no doubt about it. But actually to see the manifestation principle, whatever that is, doesn't have to be a part of whether this works for you or not if you do it. The point is do it and you have to do it now. And if you're not doing it that way, then you're not doing the work and you're caught up in all of the other dramas and then you're convoluting it. So, well, you know, basically whatever process, and especially the one that I teach you, there's just, you know, you just get it down anymore. I don't have to do it on paper after you've done it for so many years and everything. It comes automatic to you and, and then everything is as you want it. And then that for me is called Nuwati the way of the medicines, okay? So we're going to talk about that a little bit more. So how, how on the practical scene 
do we actually work within that space that our body space is in that we actually see the production. And so I get a lot of questions from business people, store owners, and uh, people who have now come out of a self-employed position to actually doing more of a management business by hiring a couple of staff to actually do the busy stuff that they used to because now they're they're better at being the visionary and actually seeing, you know, where's the bigger and greater horizons. And that should be the inevitable goal of everybody because why? Not because of greed and more money, because it's inclusive. That as you go from that self-employed position to actually getting a couple of more people working in that field with you, you're including them now and you're expanding. And then therefore you're expanding the wealth principle. So it's tremendously important that you see if you have come to know something that well and it's productive and it has good earnings behind it, okay, a good exchange, then making it grow and evolving it into a larger and more massive particular production is you including others in the wealth principle. And from there it only grows for you. You know, it only grows for you. And many times when I'm talking to business people or self-employed people, they're, they're fixed on the fact that they're only making enough money right now to support themselves. Well, you'll remain there forever if that's how you're thinking. Okay, so the plan is, is that you know this is what it takes and this is how it's done. Okay, and then you move into, okay, I want to expand to that being one or two more people other than myself. So then what is the level of production that has to happen or the increase of sales and production that has to happen in order for you to actually have the earnings of the two extra people. Now remember, those two extra people are bringing the extra energy to do that. That is not upon you. That's their share. That's what you're hiring them to do. So there's a whole mind change in everything people have to go through that try to minimize their services to just be something they can handle because they are not in the expansive mindset of inclusion. And we're, you know, the sadness of that for me is that most people are taught that and that's the system. And so then there's a breaking out of that system that has to happen in order for us to come to the better place with that. Okay, so let's talk about where, where in, in the business situation are we. So the first thing that we would want to take care of in finding all of the little particulars in success would be to lead from the vision. And whatever the vision is has to be inspiring enough that you can see it happening, that you feel it happening, that you know you, you are really turned on and energized by the vision. So therefore, your vision has to have a certain amount of detail, okay? And so, you know, you know, the vagueness that you may have because you understand it isn't what somebody else is going to understand that's included in the vision. So if we're going to have staff on, they have to understand and actually get involved in the vision. So there has to be details. So make sure that your vision is detailed and that you can walk them through uh, a particular part of the vision that helps them see how how it starts, you know, what it is and where it goes. And just have that in the, the vision so that they're involved in actually seeing and feeling that. I actually suggest that when you're going to include others in the vision, that you sit down with them and that you actually take some time before you discuss the vision to actually see what their interests are and what are their personal expectations of their life where are they trying to go in their own life vision and seeing you know when then when you bring them to the vision the shared vision then everybody knows where everybody's coming from and in, in most cases that enhances the probability by 80 or 90 percent so you know everybody doing that open sharing and seeing what everybody's personal agendas and interests are actually helps to see the stronger part of where everybody fits in the vision. So to actually, you know, do everything with the vision in mind. And I see so many fail at this. They will get so involved in the directives and the tasks and, and the to-do things 
that they're not aware of what the vision is. Well, the vision should always be visible, and it should be something that every time you have a session to where you're brainstorming and moving and handling the flow of management of it, that the vision is read and that the vision is discussed. And then, therefore, you see, and this always happens, it doesn't say that you've made a bad choice or anything, as you move toward getting more involved in actually seeing the manifesting of the vision, there's going to be new stuff that came in. So along the way of whatever you're doing, the discussion of the vision shows the adjustments in the add-ons that you've put in. Not so much that you're changing the body of the vision, but now you're understanding what it's going to take and what more is needed or what actually now, because you've already done this, it isn't needed anymore. But then it's replaced with what? What else is needed? And to actually continue to carry on your whole, you know, your whole uh, vision exchange with actually playing into those roles. What? What now are we doing? What's the adjustment? Just like an airplane, an airplane doesn't fly straight from one destination to the other because of the wind drafts and the particular heat and so many other things. It's along the way of the flight. The pilots are always making adjustments to stay on, on target and to arrive where they need to arrive and on the time that they've said they would. So adjustments are important in a vision. And it always involves that something else come up or something easy walked in, something unexpected happened, and to actually allow in your vision for the unexpected. That something can come in and make it bigger and add more to it. Always be open to the unknown and the unexpected. Because those things are definitely helpmates along the way. So leading with the vision or from the vision actually saying that one must actually keep the vision present in everything that they're doing. You know, your production uh, is affected by are you actually working to, with the vision? You know, are you taking the vision to where it has to have its realization that would be in its product or its production or whatever the exchange is? So actually making sure that the vision stays very present is always taking your lead and making your decisions from the vision. And then the vision is sort of like becomes your ruler or your yardstick that tells you, okay, here's the particular of this that needs to be done. And always staying within, you know, the, the actual flow and feeding the body to, you know, filling in the body of the vision. Okay, so, to, so doing that is a, a really must and is an important part of the success of any vision. Sometimes in doing uh, critiquing after a person's worked in training that and asking them, okay, now you say that, that, you know, now you have the income that you wanted, you have this, you have this, you have this, all of that's being whatever it is you said you wanted and needed. How would you, from 1 to 10, rate the actual fact that your vision has been complete? And I find that people stay in 7 and 8 because they think any of the adjustments that they had to make along the way changed the vision. No, when you're doing your vision, you should be open to the fact that you are working from what you know right now. And you're doing the best with that that you can. So you're giving it your best and knowing that as you process the activities that go through there, other things are going to come. You will be magnetizing better and stronger vibes into whatever it is that you're accomplishing. So when you're doing your vision, you want to be open and actually leave some languaging in there that says to the best of what we know, this is what we're pursuing and da 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 da. And then always closing with as we move and continue to create and manifest the vision, there will be wonderful you know, things that drop in and, and ways to help us so that you're always allowing somehow or another in what you're saying, that you're allowing that the vision will bring you greater clarity as you move. Okay, so lead with or lead from the vision, all right? So then the other thing that we want to do is as when you, you know, wherever, like I'm just going to work right now from just looking at management. And when the, the lead person needs to motivate and coordinate you know, whatever uh, work with the others that's needed, that, that uh, cooperation level of what we need to have from everybody. Listening is definitely important. There has to be 
an attention. There has to be a way to draw attention, and that's your sessions that you have, to where you have the attention of everybody so that you know they really heard and understand. Most everything that goes wrong in businesses is because the communication was not clear. Okay, you're making an assumption from something that is very easy to you because more than likely you've done it a number of times. And you're leaving out little details that you needed when you first started up and you didn't know. And, and you're not passing those on to the person who has to pick it up now and do what you're doing. So, you know, I have people actually, whenever we're, we're doing something like this, I have them write it out. And then I actually sometimes will, if, if I feel a vagueness and I hear it in what people are saying, then I'll actually assign somebody to stay with them for today when they are doing their particular job or their position and writing down everything that they did and seeing then if that correlates and actually supports how they are training or actually making that job possible for somebody else. So listening is extremely important. And you want to have things around the office or the workspace that actually allows people to see the importance of listening. And uh, one of those things is that you will want to change your greeting every day to people when they're coming in. You know, like if this is your place of business, that it's really up to you or whoever you've assigned to actually make sure that there's new quotes for the day and, you know, appreciation, acknowledgement and everything that as the person comes in, they're being acknowledged for all the wonderful things that was accomplished yesterday and that. So that you have their attention. The whole thing is to make sure that you have their attention. Now, from having their attention and their listening, okay, then this is the time to put in anything that you know you actually have to consider some changes of so that at this point all they're doing is just stopping for this moment to readjust and to give more attention. So attention is a real, real powerful key here to all success. And again, how is, how is listening and attention and communication all linked, right? And there's nothing going to happen unless communications are clear. So listening and to know that you have their attention is the very definite need that management has. Do they understand and have them repeat to you so that you understand and that you're assured that they know what it is you need them to do? primary key 100%, okay, so that listening is important. And not only for them to listen, but guess what? You need to listen, don't you? You actually need to know them and be prepared for the things that you may need to upgrade or change because as you listen to them, you learn more of how greater they can function due to this, this, or that. So that knowingness is very, very important, and that comes about purely from listening, okay? Now, when we're all together and the listening's happening, okay, and, and, you know, at one point or another, we begin to realize that in, an, in, in the whole work of things or the network of things, we need to have a central place that we're all working from and through. And so, therefore, setting up a particular uh, place in the, in the whole business flow that you're doing, have have some kind of central locator, you know, a place where uh, everything is there so that if a person had to check back on something, there would be a place or a person that they could do that with. And that's really important because with the way time moves, how mind will jump around, you know, you want the central hub to be there to make sure that everything is coming together. And that because you have, even if you're working as a, a self-employed person, you will actually want a place that you're putting all of the information as the day unfolds and making sure it measures to the day's need, okay, so that you know that all of the particular networking of the various things that you have to do in order to get the thing done today, it's done. And that's, you know, with flow sheets and they need to stay very visible don't even begin to try to entertain that you can do this just by memory 
because that no matter how excellent your memory is, okay, you're going to need to be able to actually do the visio of looking at the list and having a, a kind of check off so that you know in yourself that this is a done situation. So definitely having that central place to where the whole flow and activities of all the network is in there for you to review and know it's done and how does it connect to this or to that. So setting that up is really primary. And and I keep that visible as well. I have that in if you know if there's several rooms uh, involved in where people are stationed to get certain things done, I make sure that whatever has been done in the network of things like having a big computer on the wall or something that's showing all the updating and the changes and the adjustments as everybody's completing tasks and everything. It just makes everything more powerful and definitely keeps everything on track. And timelines are most important in many businesses. Okay, this makes sure the timeline's leading as well. So having that base, that central base, to have all of the activities input in and for everybody to know because usually in, in a multiple staffed situation, and even if you're doing self-employed, each thing that you do is of itself separate from the other things that need to be done. So where that's at and the placement of it or the completion of it and everything else needs to be in that order so that you can look at that and realize where you're at. Sometimes we have to put the horse in front of the cart. Sometimes it's better that the horse is behind the cart so that you learn all of those things, okay, and that you're aware of that. When we are working, whether it is with our own uniqueness or with another person, to understand our unique contribution to what we do and what we are doing is extremely important, as well as it gives everyone that is working with it, be their staffing and other people involved, it allows everyone else to have the power of their individuality. And so then you learn to actually be receptive to, you know, that this person's addition to something is very unique to them and very beneficial to the whole and the outcome of something. So this comes again from actually having those, those periods to where you listen to the people that you're working with. If you're building your business, you want to actually begin to understand how they think so that you can anticipate then what you can expect from them and how to better get better production maybe, okay? So like I said, then at this point, you want to know their uniqueness. And that's so powerful because you know how much I teach you that each one of us have a unique fingerprint. No two fingerprints in the world are the same. No two people's fingerprints are identical. So in that, then there are other things that's within them that are not identical to yours or the same and that uniqueness can become a powerful tool in the vision and the growth of, of whatever the project is. So you want to make sure that you begin to work and find out and understand the uniqueness of each person in their agreement with you and, and whatever they're taking on as their responsibility. Because you may have two people, actually, if you have something in the business flow that needs two people doing it, not just one, Okay, each one of them are going to have a unique something that they add to it that the other didn't. You want to understand that. And you want to see in which flow does that actually maybe become something that's a deterrent or something that's an advancement. And then, of course, then if that's the case, you're going to ask for the person whose uniqueness is not doing that to include that in part of their training. Vice versa, it just helps everybody get to a place of having a greater contribution to exactly what's going to have the outcome that you want, okay? And in doing that, then you need to actually stay on key, and that's to make sure that you are seeing what their unique uh, contribution is and what they actually give to it that is totally above and beyond what other people actually bring to it, okay? So that uniqueness comes forward when you have those sessions to where you're actually looking at what is the coordinating base of your business and you're listening. Uh, the other thing that I think is, is you know, you, you want to put the sense of responsibility on your staff or your partners or people working in different positions. You want to help them understand the importance of being responsible for, okay? So 
then we balance the, the people to what their role of production and, and obviously the good of, of what profit level that helps sustain the company with. So that uh, people are usually on the, you know, the, they, they're right on key as to how they fit in the organization and their performance and how much their, their production actually is part of the benefits of the, the profit. So, like I said, acknowledgement is probably the best way to feed this, to actually acknowledge each person's contribution to the fact that our company is sustaining its income levels to where, you know, our salaries and, and all of the different things that, you know, totally benefit us monetarily are actually realizing the contribution of that person. So to actually realize when you're looking at the people in your staff or your partners is to who's actually contributing the greater amount of, of outcome. And that person will soon get worn down if not have an attitude about that. So always understanding where the balance of the responsibility is and making sure that everybody's carrying their own. And if they're not, again, in the listening process, learning just where it is that they're at, that they don't understand how important it is that everybody is actually maintaining a good balance of returns on what they're doing and what they're responsible for. And in most cases, in where you have more than one person on the staff, one person's particular task feeds the other person's task, you know, so it's like it goes from here to here to here to here and kind of goes around the cycle of activities so that everybody is waiting on somebody to finish this so that they can pick it up. So that balance is real important then of understanding and watching the productive line and flow of things. So would not matter if that's a crafting thing, a, a food thing, an office thing, an management thing. All of that applies here in that field of energy. And remember what I said from the beginning, these are principles that help you actually provide a space of energy that of itself, as you do the repetitions of this, and it becomes the way that things are done, that in itself builds to this magnetic field and actually starts attracting to you and magnetizing to you the greater outcome of all the things that you're moving for. So it works, and it makes sure that you get the results of what you're working. So then we come to looking at what are the policies and what, are, what is the ethical base of what we're doing. And then we want to make sure that everyone that's working with us is actually aware. So when, when an, another person's added on, or whether it's just you, are you maintaining your own ethics? Are you maintaining what you will expect of somebody else to do if you need to add somebody on, you know? And don't for a minute think that if you're not ethically in honor of your own policies and what you need and you're not doing it, you're going to run into people who won't do it either. When I work with businesses and they complain that they can't, they can't hire people that are trustworthy or can do whatever it is that, you know, is needed, and then we just do a history. And the history is the business was never founded on an ethical base, meaning you didn't do it that way. You didn't, you're not, you know, you're not allowing people to go through the pathway that you set up. That field of energy already has your print on it. And so when you're going for something and you're setting up something, you have to make sure that you're also living your own ethical need and you're living to your own policies. Ask not of someone else what you've not already proven workable to yourself. Okay, so then you have to look at whatever the particular supportive behavior you need for them to maintain the ethics that you have already set and in present. Again, then you bring them together in that listening mode that we discussed, and you discuss particular policies and ethics with them when you bring them on board so that at that point they can actually tell you if they see themselves having any difficult difficulty with any of them. Again, that's communication, and you'll need to see where that's at. As well as more when the staffing and the, the positions grow in any particular endeavor that you're in, you're going to have to look at changing policies. You're going to have to look at reestablishing the policy to fit the need and the demand at that point. And that's where you have to be at this time is actually seeing where, where you know, are, 
are you actually being able to manage that? And if it isn't at this point, then it's telling you you need to change that policy and adapt one that will accommodate all of these other people. Okay? So we need to actually understand then, when we go back to the vision, this part of the ethics and policies is based on the vision. Okay? And so let's make sure that the vision is one that's not just self-centered for you and whatever it is you want out of it that mo the businesses that survive are those businesses who are services that actually enhance other people's way in need of life okay so as you're going about and doing the work you know you want to actually think through the whole organization's practice and make sure that the values and the support of one another's life purpose is involved in that so like in the beginning when you wanted to know what their agenda was and their success ratio in life is. This is what makes the company grow. This is what makes the monetary return even greater. Okay, is that you're making sure that what maybe this person would be better suited and fitted to do this particular job because it's more involved in the particular things that they're looking for in life. And educating, educating people in the process of a growing business is a hundred percent must must m u s t must when you believe that you have all that it is and you don't need to know anymore it stops right then so actually continuing with education and training i don't care how many sales training you've had if it involves a product you want to make sure that every week there is some kind of training that's in, involved in the sales department, the marketing people, as well as your whole staff, because everybody in your staffing should be a possible salesperson, which means recommending the product even to a friend or somebody or bringing somebody's interest to the business. So actually having, a, you know, some, practicing your organizational values and making sure everybody's on board with that. That would involve, again, actually ongoing education and growth so that a person is being renewed and, and, and actually everybody's getting better. And it, that creates a loyalty to your business. So actually working with the, the policies and the supportive behavior that you expect through those policies, that's what policies are, and the ethics that you want to make sure is held in your company. You want to make sure that it's all discussed and made clear with people as they're coming on board. And then the other thing is, uh, you know, like I said, the educational level is just, just an ongoing thing. You have to make sure that you're also sharpening your tool constantly on management, that you're going to, you know, different trainings yourself and that you're learning to manage and grow your company to a greater level. So, you know, the ultimate goal for you to be a wealthy person is not to have to go to the office at all or only go to the office when you choose to go to the office, when you want to. So then you have, then the growth of that, you have to make sure that you're actually continuing the educational process for yourself to understand how that can work for you. And so going to particular educational programs that are dealing with that particular topic level would be good for you in management but also that you're you know even if it means that you know somewhere after the morning rush of maybe getting things done and getting sales in and so forth that you have a after lunch time or just before lunch time hour or so that people are listening to tapes having discussion or someone's training them on one of the particulars that they're responsible for Education and ongoing education is a must, as I said. Okay, so that that begins to have a, a learning process that allows the loyalty of your people to understand that your interest in them is to actually grow to be better at whatever they're doing and to be a better person. So as we look at that, we know that that's about where we have to uh, put in a contribution and make it more than just our expectation of performance from them, but to continue to educate everyone involved with the vision. And then we, you know, one of the things that I suggest to people as you're working and your company's growing, or even when you start with your vision, that you actually want to ask what its contribution to society is or to the person's business. 
You want to know what the contribution of what you say your product is or what you're doing is to another person. And I can tell you, if you feel that and you have a passion that you have this thing that will actually make that change and that you are doing for this person what you know will actually take them to the next level, that enthusiasm and passion actually will deliver the sale. When you are just in performance, just reiterating a script or just talking from what you're so you're, you've been told to say, you know, you won't have the enthusiasm and, and the gut instinct that you're delivering in your attitude, okay, to the person that you're talking to. So you have to come back to actually asking yourself, you know, what I've got and what I'm asking them to consider buying or to use or involve themselves in. You know, what do I see as that contribution? And this would also go back to your vision. Remember I said lead and carry forth everything that you're doing with the vision very, very, you know, visible. So in that, you know, at this point, are you seeing that this is a contribution and that you see the results of what you're promising or what you're telling them is there? So that's real important to that, not only to that particular person, does it have a greater effect upon the whole of society and, and a greater number of people? Because inclusion is where we're all moving to and understanding that there can be peace on earth, but we have to learn inclusion. Okay, so looking at that helps, okay? Then when we see, we, with everything that we do, there's always the risk factor. And right now, the, the only stable thing is risk, okay? And that we, we need to know that what used to be is that risk was a bad thing and that we had to make sure that there was no risk and little and almost everything failed because in everything there is some risk. Even if the risk is nothing more than you now learning a statistic that tells you this is a better way to do that instead of this other thing, okay? So when we're looking at that, we want to make sure that we're very much aware that we have to balance anything that we're doing so that it, as, as much as possible that we're minimizing the effects of a risk. But not that you're afraid to take the risk. That's a totally different thing. Okay, once you know that there is an element of risk to it, you simply just begin to look at all the things that could happen there that you're concerned could happen and see what your strategy is to handle it if it comes up. This I know after nearly 60 years of doing this is if you cover those bases, they don't happen. They happen when you're not prepared, you didn't consider them. So you want to go back and look at that and make sure that you're handling whatever strategy you need to make sure that you've dealt with any risk factors. And then to always make things fun and happy, you know. You have people that are serious and they're on quotas and they have to have production and blah, 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 and blah, blah. And, and serious always has an impact on people. When things get real serious, people begin to slow down. Okay, so you want to make sure that you're keeping, you know, enthusiasm in it and, and that there's actually fun. You know, you do things that make it fun. Even if you have to develop little competitions between two positions or a department, you know, and or bring something in it that makes us have that team spirit that says they want to win. They, you know, they want to take it. They want to be the ones that make that happen. And and you have to find little ways to do that. And what I've learned, okay, is that the better way to do that is not necessarily make it competition on performance, but actually have a little some little game that you play that awards the person today maybe some little treat, you know to where it falls within a game, the, the feeling of a game, because, you know, everything we do in life really is a game, okay? There's rules and things with it, and an outcome, and the person wants to win. So you really want to bring that to the workplace and have little things on a daily basis if you can, if not at least two or three times a week, to where there's some fun that's made with a little bit of something competitive that, People are all doing it and winning. You know, you can have little games, but make sure it involves some kind of reward. You know, that it means a person could go home a half a day with pay or, you know, that a person's going to get, uh, you know, this is some little thing 
that they can add to their desk or something. It just has to be something not so monetarily threatening, but definitely something that says, okay, you've won. And then to always have posted, who are your top performers? You know, to put, put people's pictures up as you hire people to have a, a wall of people who are in the various positions. And then to have take note of who has actually delivered or accomplished something you know, greater this time than last time or whatever. But to have that acknowledgement board is really important. And with today's computers, you don't have to involve a photographer and all that. You can actually take pictures and put them, you know, have a nice frame setting for them. Or even just have one big, I went into one company that really had an interesting uh, board. They had one big massive board on their wall that had that cork backing to where they could just put things up. And, of course, you use little pins to do that. But what they did is through the computer is the computer made a frame around the person, like the printout had a frame around the person's face that was there. And they did that because the overturn and the moving around of positions was so great that it just wasn't uh, whatever, that they felt, you know, they needed to have photographs and frames and, the you know, the real picture thing. So they simply did it with stick pins, very decorated stick pins nonetheless, on this, this uh, corkboard. And like I said, then there, the photographs of the people was in different colors and frames that noted the different departments that they were in and that. And it worked. And people went by that. They had to walk past that to go to the bathrooms. So every day they had to see that wall. And that's where you want to put it in a, ma uh, you know, a major place of exposure and a major place of traffic. So that works. And to actually acknowledge like... Uh, I do this all the time. It works wonderful. Sometimes people just contribute a wonderful idea. We have a session, and because they've been doing this particular thing for a while, they'll come up with a suggestion of how we can cut time and it could be easier and they could do it this way. Okay, they get noted for that. So there's a particular place, an acknowledgement place, to where you're actually showing the people who are the inventors and the creators of various parts of what we do. And it works beautiful. It works beautiful. And again, there has to be some kind of little contribution with that. And here, you know, whatever your profit margins are, and you have to begin to trust that they're there, you want to make sure that on a monthly basis, if not maybe four times a year, or at least annually, that you award things to your, your top contributors. You, you must do that. It is definitely a, a must, okay? And uh, I, I was working with a company very recently, close to the Thanksgiving time. And this was a new startup company. And the person's whole goal was to make sure that she was paying people top salaries in their field. So basically, she was in a community to where uh, what we would consider the common wage level was what most jobs offered. And she wanted to make sure that she did hers on the upscale. So in doing that, do, starting up her business and the growth, like she brought five people on board, she realized that she was just covering everybody's needs and everything, you know, on the weekly basis of the returns that they were doing. And she wanted them to have something exceptional, and she couldn't think of what that would be. And so I was telling her, you know, it's Thanksgiving. See where you can possibly, if, if nothing else, you know, give them something to add to their table. I don't care what it is. Make sure you add something to their table. So she called me, oh, a good week, week, week and a half, let's say, later. And she was jacked. You know, I mean, she's really jacked. And I said, okay, what, what, what's, what's up, you know? And she said... Do you understand? She said, I made a goal that I was going to put the turkey on every one of my, you know, positions. Everybody that had the position in my company, everybody was going to have a turkey. She says, then I saw the reality. I went to the store and saw how much the turkeys cost. And she said, I thought, okay, that's pretty high. I have to back down and find something a little less expensive, she said. And so she began to try and find out what that was. And she says, but nothing spoke of Thanksgiving. So then she said what she did is that she thought, okay, well, this is not going to work. I'm just going to have to 
find some other means to bring something to the table for Thanksgiving. But then she went to the cash register and she checked out. And when she checked out, she had spent over $100. And the cashier told her for every $100 that you have spent, for every, you know, check through that you did, you get a free turkey. So she got a 20-pound free turkey, okay? And she thought, oh, my gosh, you know? So then she realized, okay, I've got to get five turkeys. I've only got one. I've got, I got five turkeys. So then she started going around to her friends and saying, do you have to go to the store and do any grocery shopping? Yes. Well, would you go to so-and-so store, and they're going to offer a turkey. And if you already have your turkey or you don't need the turkey, can I have your turkey? And so she had two friends that helped her, but then she went on back to the store. She said, I stocked up for the winter. You know, she said, I started thinking, okay, I'm going to need this and that for Christmas. So she started buying a whole bunch of stuff that would be, you know, that would be preserved and held up. So she did a whole lot of shopping and backing up the dinners and things that she was going to have so she could hurry up and get those free turkeys. The point is, you know, when she had her particular event at work and actually presented those turkeys, Every one of her employees, every person working with her was so emotionally moved by that because they realized that she was really pumping and, and she would remind them in the meetings, you know, I want you to be well paid and the only way we can do that is be the best we can of what we've got and make sure that we get the sales. So none of them were really expecting that she was going to give them anything for the holiday and they were all so moved that she did. And that she told every one of them ahead of time, don't anybody buy a turkey for Thanksgiving. I'm giving you a turkey for Thanksgiving. And they were all thinking, yeah, yeah, you know, we'll, we'll see. You know, we know that the budget's real tight and we know the finances aren't as great as to allow everybody to get a big turkey. But then she did. And this is what I mean by, you know, be open to the unexpected. Be open to what can come. But her determination and understanding of how valuable it was to make sure that her people, the people she knew was going to help her make the fortune that she knows that she can have, she wanted them to be a part of that. And it worked out so well that when they come back after Thanksgiving, what she reported to me day before yesterday is, oh my God, you won't believe how high our sales are. Everybody come back with such enthusiasm and such ways that we could do better, you know, and she said, and we're doing it. She said, you know, I'm looking at her financial report that shows I'm hundreds of dollars ahead of the game now. And those are just the outcomes to things like that. You know, just, just be willing to allow people to get involved with what you're doing, but they must have fun. And you always want to do whatever you can to increase their creativity, to make them feel enthused and to have them be on the upside of creativity. So, And always in inviting them. If you see some way we can do this better, bring it forward. You know, I, I make all of my businesses profit-sharing businesses because that's what makes people turn on. They have a sense of ownership, and therefore they become more creative. And in whatever way you want to do it, you make sure that you have them always open to minimizing as much risk as possible, but making sure they're having fun along the way. When you see tension building in your company and you realize it's because there's something serious that has come about, definitely find a way to help ease that up by doing something, creating an activity, you know, uh, doing something that helps everybody just get more confidence and relax. Very much important in the field, okay? Now, we're looking at pretty much the fact that uh, I'm at the closing end of our hour, and there were a few other things that we wanted to talk about, but then again, we'll have another time, right? So I will ask you to stay tuned for a lot of the things that uh, our station will be sharing with you, but remember, this is Windows in Your Mind, and the topics that we choose and work with are wherever the journeys are that you're taking place with in your life. And this week, I hope that what we've shared gives you a stronger base as the year comes to conclusion and we're all looking at the profit endings, that you're looking to some of what I've shared with you to help yours improve and to make those things more possible. You matter. You make a difference. You're important. And in that, all that you desire and dream is yours to have. Have a wonderful week, and I'll be talking to you again soon. 
This is Parisha, your host of Windows in Your Mind. Thank you for listening to Grandmother Parisha on your journey to the windows in your mind. For further information or to contact Grandmother, please visit parishas-world.com. P-A-R-I-S-H-A-S-world.com. With lucky landslots, you can get lucky just about anywhere. Dearly beloved, we are gathered here today to... Has anyone seen the bride and groom? Sorry, sorry, we're here. We were getting lucky in the limo and we lost track of time. No, Lucky Land Casino, with cash prizes that add up quicker than a guest registry. In that case, I pronounce you lucky. Play for free at LuckyLandSlots.com. Daily bonuses are waiting. No purchase necessary. Void were prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details.